0: Hypocrisy's the best policy Wish for change but lazily What's up everybody? You know who this is. It's your boy Trav, aka 5-Minute Major, and welcome to the 12th installment of the Hudson Valley Hockey Podcast, the only independent outlet dedicated to covering high school hockey in our region. Let me jump right into the opening face-off by saying, as a parent, I get no greater thrill than to see my own children find success and thrive in the activities that they are passionate about and enjoy. So this week, I wanted to reach out to moms and dads across the Hudson Valley about being a quote-unquote hockey parent. In preparing for this show, I came across an article from USA Hockey Magazine written by Harry Thompson entitled, One Tank of Gas at a Time, Parent Survival Tips. I'm going to read just a few snippets from the story. There is no shortage of attributes used to describe the indispensable and invaluable contributions that moms make to the hockey world. If it takes a village to raise a child, then it takes a small army of hockey moms and dads to raise a hockey player. Along the way, they all start at the same place, as a rank beginner full of apprehension and uncertainty, unaware of the difference between a mite and a midget and a greenhorn when it comes to which piece of gear goes on what body part. And just about the time they have the hang of it all, their child's youth hockey days are over, a distant memory packed with mental snapshots of past teams and holiday tournaments, fundraisers, and awards banquets. We all know that hockey is the greatest game there is, and the memories and the friendships that we make during our time involved in the game Will last a lifetime. It's important not to look too far down the road, past the next tournament, the next tryout, or the next level. Live in the moment. It will help you appreciate the little things that happen during the course of the season that will make up the memories for down the road. Let's face it, one day we'll all wake up and wonder where the time went. So now that the high school hockey season has officially come to an end, I wanted to know what it takes to be a quote unquote hockey parent. Later on during the Dump and Chase, I'll read select responses from parents via Twitter, and during the In the Box segment, I chat with Mara and Ori Jacobi, Marty Flatley, and Janet Guerra about being a quote-unquote hockey parent. Let's take a short break, and we'll be right back after this.
1: This is Gary Hauser, and you're listening to the Hudson Valley Hockey Podcast, available for free download on Google Play, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Now back to the show.
0: Now it's time for the Dump and Chase. Last week, I contacted a number of Hudson Valley moms and dads about being a quote-unquote hockey parent, and here's what they had to say. Albert Kramer said, Hockey allows you to spend a lot of quality time with your child, considering all the car rides together when they're young, taking them to and from the rink, as well as the road trips if they play travel hockey. Hockey is also a source of entertainment for the parent, considering all the clinics and practices when they're young and all of the games at all ages culminating in high school. I wouldn't trade that time spent with my son for all the cocktail parties and dinners that we missed through the years. Christine Torre said, Well, they need to know that it's a sport that you and your whole family have to be dedicated to. Early morning practices, travel, travel, and travel, on the weekends however it's a great game out there and the best is the team becomes a family i have three boys that play james just finished his senior year which is bittersweet he has played four years at the varsity level and michael is next in line to take the reins then there's kevin so i will be around for the next five to six years and i get so excited each and every season once a hockey mom always a hockey mom Scott Curland said, being a hockey parent is great, but you need lots of patience for high school players as we can only do so much and they will play the game their way. Be supportive. New Blue Review said, I'm a ref and a hockey parent and it's very difficult to balance the two because as much as I want to see my kid play well, I can't turn my referee brain off. I'm constantly analyzing the officiating, like when I was on the evaluation crew. It's also frustrating that parents who are the loudest tend to have absolutely no concept of the way the rulebook is written. Dan Cormie said, Let the players hang up their skates and play other sports, like lacrosse, baseball, soccer, tennis, etc., when the high school hockey season is over. Devil Dog 1775 said, I think the main thing parents of younger players like U8, U10, and U12 should concentrate on is staying on the ice through the spring, but more specifically, concentrating on their skating. There are a few clinics that are available during the spring break and evenings and weekends that are specifically designed for improving the mechanics of the player. They should also play a spring sport to complement hockey. Uh, U-14, U-16, and U-18 players that are serious should participate in an organized, hockey-specific strength program. Most AAA teams incorporate this info into the tuition and promote it. The main thing is that ice hockey is a serious sport these days. Competitive players play all year round to stay that way. After a certain point, less serious players are pushed out of the sport, usually because of their skating ability. John J. Hockey said, more parents need to understand their son or daughter is not Wayne Gretzky, despite what their relatives and the pediatrician may say. I think the most important part of being a good hockey parent is having the trust in the program and the coaching staff to turn over your son or daughter and take yourself out of the decision-making process, the same as you do when your son or daughter enters school. Very often, parents will coach from home and give their son or daughter an alternative way to play when they don't like the coaching decision simply because they think it's in their child's best interest and they know more than the coaching staff. A decision like that never has a good ending for anyone. It undermines the program and causes your son or daughter to lose respect for the coaching staff. The result in nearly every situation is that your son or daughter becomes an individual and not a team player. They grow to resent the coaches and other players, and the other players grow to resent their apparent selfishness. It divides the team and can cause them to underperform. Peter Gianna said, Being a hockey parent, I'm a former Pee Wee Bantam coach, high school coach, and player who still plays at the age of 52. Let me start off by saying that hockey is a unique sport like no other. I don't mean to sound biased, but hockey brings such a bond between players, parents, and coaches. What every hockey parent should realize is that there are a set of morals, ethics, and respect that must be adhered to for the success of the team and for your child who plays this great game. I am a true believer in the concept of USA Hockey, that all players that participate should love the game and have fun with their teammates while also learning the game. This goes for every level of hockey all the way to the pros. My son is a goalie who loves the game. The toughest position, not just for my kid, but for us parents too. There were plenty of times where things didn't go well, not just for him, but for the team also. It was him that made sure he was respected and made sure he didn't lose the passion and competitiveness for the game. Parents want the best for their kids, no doubt, but their actions also reflect their play and enjoying the game. No kid wants to be embarrassed by a parent's actions during a game. The parents should enjoy the rink, keep it all in perspective, and enjoy the madness. This game is very emotional for the players and parents too. There is nothing wrong with open communication with your child or coach, especially when the season's over. There is no problem with critiquing both as long as the line isn't crossed, and it's not just for the betterment of your kid, but for their teammates and coaches. In the overall picture, Especially when these kids are older, the competitiveness is higher. There is a great difference from putting on a travel jersey, where there are usually a ton of players in that organization, and high school hockey, where there is only one team and wearing that jersey comes with a matter of pride. The ending point is that as a hockey parent, you need to have your child pointed in the right direction. Have faith in the way you've raised them, and most of their decisions should come from within and from the help of their teammates. As a parent, you set a huge impression not just on your kid, but the team they play for. Hockey parents are also unique just as a sport is, and it should also be fun for them, but it's up to them to make sure they make it fun. Andy Tolbert said, "Keep the kids busy. My son loves to play roller hockey through the summer. He plays with his friends on the Mayapack team. They do several tournaments. It's fun. They want to win." but it's not as much pressure as travel or varsity ice. Also, when your kid is old enough, have them get a summer job. It teaches responsibility and puts a few dollars in their pocket. Dylan lifeguards. It will be his third year. Don't let the kids just sit around the house playing video games. Keep them active and healthy. It keeps them out of trouble and ready for next season. I used to push Dylan to play ice in the spring and camps during the summer, but the burnout factor kicks in and there's a loss of interest. He sees his goalie coach every other week, and that's enough. It's the off season; They should have some time off, too. Now, I'm going to be the first to admit that I never played hockey. Truth be told, I can't even skate. My own children don't play hockey either, so I'm kind of at a loss to explain what it is about hockey which seems to bring parents and kids together so quickly and with such passion. Is the challenge of securing ice time coupled with the limited number of rinks which requires parents to bring their kids to practice at all hours of the day or night part of it? Or are those long car rides to weekend tournaments and showcases leaving plenty of time for family bonding the cause? And let's be honest, hockey is a very expensive sport, so perhaps it is possible that some parents and kids become quote-unquote heavily invested, no pun intended, in hockey for financial reasons? I hope this week's episode gives us some additional insight into why we love this game so much. You're listening to the Hudson Valley Hockey Podcast, the number one destination for high school hockey talk, and we'll be right back after this. What's up, everybody? You know who this is. It's your boy, Trav, a.k.a. 5-Minute Major. And I'm pleased to be joined by Mara and Ori Yacobi. They are two hockey parents, and uh, we're going to kick around a couple of different topics today on the Hudson Valley Hockey Podcast. First of all, thank you both for taking the time to sit with me um, and talk about this issue. Um, How long have you been hockey parents
2: Hi, thanks for having us. We have been hockey parents since our son was 5 and now he's going to be 11, so 6 years.
3: Okay. Yeah, he got started as uh, just learned to skate and you know, one step led to the next and he started skating with a hockey coach and then it was off to cross ice. So, yeah, since mm-hmm. he's a little one, it's been fun.
0: All right. So, and this it, I appreciate you two coming on cuz you're going to provide some nice balance. Because I'm going to have some parents on <laughs> whose kids are playing high school hockey, playing um, elite travel hockey, and they're looking already now at post-high school mm-hmm. hockey plans, wow. where you guys are still just kind of in the thick of it and getting started. So, on average, what does a year of hockey cost, so, approximately?
3: You know, if you want to just start with the tuition piece, at the AAA travel level, where we've been playing over the past you know, three years, two years, um, is... Five thousand or so. Let's figure, and then you still have to. There's equipment that you buy along the way, all the travel to the hotels and gas you spend, you know, to get back and forth for practices and the tournaments. You probably spend easily ten thousand um, dollars over, let's say, the twelve month calendar period. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean that, and I think that that's one of the barriers that we face because hockey is an expensive sport. There's not a, you know, you go to any. Public high school or middle school, elementary school, you're going to see a baseball field. You might see a soccer field, a football field. You're not going to see a rink. So access to the rinks, the equipment, the tuition, the ice time, I think those are all barriers to growing the sport. So hopefully we can find a way to address that. Did you want to say something, too, as far as the cost of hockey? Because it looked like you Um, wanted to make a comment.
2: Well, then there's also the costs that come associated with it that add up. You know, the cups of coffee, the early morning breakfast out, the dinners out, then you have the team dinners out. Um, of course if your children have siblings it's a matter of making sure that they have a place to go. That's not a financial cost, but it's a cost of, you know, who's willing to take your other children for the weekend sure. or um if you're a family of five, you know, some hotels won't even let you stay all together in one room or considering your child has to be up at maybe five or six in the morning, you need a good night's sleep and you've got a toddler, then we're talking about two rooms. So it really is it's expensive it comes with a lot of privilege um, both in that you know you have to be able to afford this lifestyle and the equipment and you know for me keeping my child humbled then Letting them know that it's not necessarily normal to stay in hotels all the time.
0: Right. Keep them grounded. Yeah. Yeah. So it really does. And those are things that my, my kids don't play hockey. My kids dance competitively and we are going to nationals in a couple of months. So there will be those hotels and registrations and costumes and this and that. But I can only imagine what, you know, what it costs. Not just from a financial perspective, but also from a family time perspective and those other factors. So what's the furthest you've had to travel for hockey so far?
3: So far, uh, the furthest we traveled was over Christmas, two Christmases ago. So I guess 2015-2016, that season, up to Ottawa, up to Canada. Wow. So that, yeah, that was an amazing tournament. The team did really, really well. We ended up finishing second. Uh, in the tournament, but I think, you know, like Mara was saying, it was a lot of good time, you know, that we had with all these different families. Everyone brought their their kids, so must have been another 20 kids running around with all all the boys from the hockey team. So it, it was tremendous, and you really get a nice flavor of the culture from. You know, in this case Canada. Of course, the ca- and the capital of Canada too being yes. Ottawa. I
0: mean, I spent last weekend up in Buffalo and Buffalo is a hockey crazy city. Mm-hmm. I can only imagine what Ottawa or what the what Canada's like.
3: Yeah, I mean it was unbelievable. In a four day span we probably went to six different rinks. Nice. Including where the Senators play. We saw, you know, them play a game. So that that was a very memorable weekend for us.
0: So that's your, is it safe to say, Ori, that that's your favorite tournament, favorite place to visit?
2: Yeah, for both of us. Okay. And our kids. I mean, our daughter who doesn't play, for her, it was such a vacation because she, like Ori said, hung out with the siblings and they had a blast. So.
0: Awesome. Awesome stuff. Um, Biggest challenge you face as hockey parents?
2: Uh, Do you want to go first?
3: So you're catching, let me just kind of, at this time of year, you know, where the fall winter season has just ended, and you're preparing for already the next fall and winter season tryouts uh, begin on March 27th, so next Monday, roughly a week. Um, For many kids, you know, at the AAA level, they know exactly what team they're going to and and where they're going to end up. For many other kids, it's probably 50-50 they don't know what team they're going to end up. They may look to move teams. They may be moving up from, let's say, a double A and looking at a triple A program. They may be just you know, unhappy with the team they're on and they want to go to another program. So we're in that latter 50% where we had a great season. We played with um, a team in Bridgewater, New Jersey, the New Jersey Rockets. Uh, but we're looking at all of our options right now. So it becomes very complicated in terms of negoti- or navigating all of the different political angles, sure, of figuring out what team you're going to end up on, and I'd even add to that because our son is a goaltender. Okay, it's even trickier because sure. there's only two spots on the team, if right. not only one for certain teams. Right. So, you know, you can easily speak to four or five different teams in an off season to try and figure out based on distance, coaching, team philosophy, right. in all these Play, different pieces. Uh, you know, playing time. Yeah, playing sure. time, where you're going to end up. It, it's really tricky. So we're in the middle of that. Right. I've probably talked to at least four teams this offseason. Okay. Um, so and there's a number of different factors that are you know going into the decision for both of us.
0: Okay. And again, that's, my, my show focuses primarily on public high school hockey in the Hudson Valley, so it's great to get yeah. your perspective because these are things that, quite frankly, I was unaware of. You know, so it's almost again like he's a, a highly sought after free agent. If you think about it, you know, if teams are or coaches are looking to recruit him or looking to talk to you, this is what we have to offer. So right now, you're fielding a couple of different opportunities. Yeah, and
3: this is this is pretty crazy. This is 11 year old hockey. Right. You know, like let's right. let's you know get serious here. I mean, right. there is a lot of jockeying back and forth for top players in the region to go to one team or another. They do get recruited um, and probably incentivized you know, behind closed doors in certain cases. But yeah, it's, it's exciting, but it's also very nerve-wracking because sure. you then plan the next 12 months of your life around the team that you'll be with, the group of parents that you'll be with. And now, even though we're parents going through this for the first time with our first child, I guess having two years of this tryout phase behind us, we have some seasoning, but every year it's proving to be a different experience. So, hmm. yeah.
2: And making sure our son doesn't necessarily know completely about the intensity of that experience because at the end of the day this is supposed to be fun and it is fun he's having a blast out there but the stress and pressure that we're under um is not necessary for him to to
0: see right given your background i was actually waiting for you to chime in on that because if you think about it he's 11 years old yeah. he's supposed to be having fun yet he's got to decide or you have to help him decide what team you're going to play for what's this what's that there's all these different factors that you kind of have to serve as the filter yeah um, and that buffer so to speak and
2: child is different you know so we're fortunate that our son is just I mean he is very intense that is his personality but as long as he's playing he's really happy and he's never quite verbalized to us like well this is what I want and this is the team I want to be on he just wants to play sure so Um, But the other piece of it, I think it was Harvard that actually did a study and found that hockey parents and hockey, you know, was found to be the most intense out of all of the sports. And I think it really comes from, well I didn't see the full study, it really comes from the amount of money that goes into this sport, the amount of travel, the intensity um, of the sport itself, just how physical it is, really contributes to just a lot of pressure. So um, you see a lot of crazy parents. Um,
0: yeah, I've seen my fair share of, uh, of craziness at the rink. You know, whether it's just a regular Friday night game between heated rivals or whether it's a semifinal, a playoff game. Um, yeah, so it's good to always keep that uh, perspective in mind. What advice can you give new hockey parents, maybe someone that's going to be listening to the show who has a, a small child and they're thinking about, tipping their feet into the hockey pool,
3: what kind of advice can you give them? Well, I'd say you know, based on our experience, which isn't always the norm, it's you're making the family's making a commitment to the sport. It's not just the child; it's the parents, and if there are other siblings involved, understanding that you know it could be played at a recreational level, you know, primarily for fun, where it won't be as intense on family time and expenses, but you know, for everybody, you know, or for every kid involved, there's a different level that makes sense, you know, and, and if he shows talent, he will be recruited to play at higher levels. So once you get beyond the recreational level, um, you know, I think what first-time parents really need to know is it will change your life. Um, you know, for me, I grew up playing a lot of baseball, a lot of basketball. Hockey was kind of an afterthought. Now it's, it's, Personally, my number one when it's on TV, um, and, and I have – it almost becomes an addiction. Like you go to the rink, you get an adrenaline rush, you watch the games. The kids are, are amazing. Uh, it, it's, it's, for me, been life-changing in, in so many different ways, all of them positive. I know.
0: would concur. I mean, I started this show – Literally January 1st, as the ball is dropping, I'm pushing the upload button, and it's been an amazing ride so far. And I am kind of going through a little bit of withdrawal at this point. I'm not at the rink, I'm not (laughs) tweeting, I'm not talking to kids, I'm not talking to parents or coaches, you know, at the rink in that setting. So I kind of also have to, you know, shift my focus. Did you want to say anything, Mom, as far um, as?
2: you know, to just write down what your goals are in terms of your hopes for your child and for your family and, you know, revisit them because the sport can suck you in like any other, you know, activity that you really become passionate about. And it's easy to lose sight of, especially as things get more political as they grow up. And, you know, Ori was speaking about recruitment and the intensity of the sport that it can take on. Don't lose sight of your values and your goals because, you know, again, at the end of the day, this is about having fun. And when tears and drama and anger and, um, you know, the locker room talk and everything starts to reach new levels, it really takes away from what it's supposed to all be about. So write down some values and goals and, you know.
3: Yeah, And I'd say there's, you know, we've also, to a much lesser extent extent seen a little bit of a darker side of it where parents get too carried away or too aggressive with their own children or too aggressive with coaches and referees uh, in terms of you know calling them out in the middle of the game uh, to you know which could lead to a team fracturing or breaking up sure. So we had the unfortunate experience this year with our team uh, where you had kids you know even though we we're playing at a higher level you had some really elite players you had some kids that were kind of right there in the middle. Um, Unfortunately, the team broke up because it just couldn't sustain itself. Hmm. Uh, And and the parent dynamic is so important that, you know, when you're talking about 13 to 15 sets of parents... Um, you with know, different personalities, all, yeah. different values, different they're mindsets. The
2: there are really some funny. parents that just want to win. They don't care what it takes. Right. It's all about winning, you know, and the focus is perhaps less on development or they don't really care about how the coach is getting from point A to point B. It's just about winning. Sure. And then there are other parents. At all costs. At all costs. costs. Right. Yeah. Right. And then there are other parents that are more like, let's focus on development first. It's not about, you know, winning all the time. And obviously, you're going to have that across the board every year. But there are, you know, we've been part of three teams now. And I'd say with each team, it has its own personality, its own dynamic. (laughs) And, um, you know, it's going to change, obviously, from year to year.
3: It's a big part of the decision, I think, any parent needs to consider when searching out a new program or the right program for their child is, what and with every age group, it could be totally different. You know, with the 12 year olds, the coaches could be development first, you know, still with a desire to win, and parents could be really calm. Where the 11 year old team could be win at all costs, explosive on the sidelines, right? And kids leaving in tears. Right. You know, we've seen both sides of it, so that it's really important you know what you're getting yourself into and who you want to align yourself with. Again,
0: I can't thank the two of you enough. This has been tremendous information. A much different perspective than you know what I've gotten before in talking to whether it's adult coaches, high school kids. I did I did something on officiating a couple of weeks ago where I sat down with an official and talked about everything that goes into him, even just making a call. You mm-hmm. see a call on the ice, you have a split second to you know decide, and, and you have to take all these different factors in. So again. Um, Thank you. I don't. I. I don't know if I can say that enough. Yeah. Um, all right. One last question. Favorite professional hockey team,
3: if you have one. So at this point, uh, I say I'm a Devils fan. I mean, it's been a tough year. Um, we watch a lot of Devils hockey, but it's you just uh, you're always you know after the Brodeur years and the Cup years recently, you've just been looking forward to the next year, hoping right. some of these young players. Right. Come along.
0: And I do have to say that we are in New Jersey right now, so I don't fault, I don't fault <laughs> well, you for being devil fans. I grew
2: up in Connecticut, so okay. I was a Hartford Whalers There fan. you go. Still, you know. I was
0: almost going to wear my Hartford Whalers sweatshirt uh-huh. today, too. <laughs> so, listen, it's all in good fun. You like yep. who you like. You root for who you root for. Everybody, I think, at this point knows my team. So, yep. again, this is Mara and Ori Yacobi. Um, The topic was being a hockey parent This is your boy Trav A.K.A. 5-Minute Major um, Host of the Hudson Valley Hockey Podcast The only independent outlet Covering high school hockey in our area And uh, we'll be back After this
1: This is Sam Seltzer And you're listening to the Hudson Valley Hockey Podcast Available for free download On Google Play, iTunes, and SoundCloud
0: Now back to the show What's up, everybody? You know who this is. It's your boy Trav, aka Five Minute Major, and I'm pleased to be joined by Marty Flatley, uh, also known as uh, Old School Mounty on Twitter. You can uh, find him at Martin underscore Flatley. Is that correct, Marty?
1: Yes, it is. All good right. morning,
0: Trav. All right. Good morning. Thanks for coming on. So, how long have you been a hockey parent, Marty?
1: Well, I've been a hockey parent uh, for the past 11 years uh my son
0: who is now 17 started at the age of six all right uh, and he's a defenseman for uh for the suffering Mounties, i believe number 20
1: yes he just uh, finished his junior hockey year for suffering high school varsity hockey
0: And actually, he can be found on episode two of my show, along with Evan Kama. Uh, Both Patrick and Evan were former students of mine at the middle school, so it's great to see them grow up as young men, but also grow and develop as hockey players. So I really do appreciate you taking the time to come on. Um, On average, Marty, what does a year of hockey cost for you?
1: Well, I have two kids uh, playing both travel and school hockey, Uh, one at the varsity level, one at the modified level for suffering. Uh, So when you combine the costs of their travel tuition the school team tuition uh tournament hotels food uh cost to get there and you further combine that with uh, the annual cost of uh, replacing equipment uh, gas to and from practice and tournaments i would say this past year we probably spent about 15000 uh between the two kids and uh, my wife's gonna be alarmed if, if and when she hears that <laughs> total but uh it's expensive
0: yeah i mean definitely hockey is one of the more expensive sports between ice time between you know fees that you have to pay for the travel teams and equipment and, and like you said just the hotel rooms and just some of the other things you know you know meals in between you know when you're you're spending a weekend at these tournaments so yeah it, it the, the cost definitely adds up uh and we've talked about this before. In your opinion, though, Marty, the biggest difference between travel and high school hockey, and is there, do you have a preference to watch one or the other? They, they're they the same
1: in a lot of respects, but there are big differences. Uh, the crowds are, are much more um, involved and into it with the uh, student body of, from the high school coming out for the high school games. Uh, travel games is... By and large, you know, just parents from both teams. So uh, the crowds, the atmosphere um, are better at the high school games. The distance um, and the money is the biggest difference with uh, travel. Uh, You know, you're going much farther to get your games at the travel level, and the money is more
0: right and we've talked before though how in order to have competitive high school hockey you need to have travel players on your team so it's kind of like that you know yin and yang and that 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 kind of tug of war sometimes between the teams and i would certainly you know argue because i've seen a a few travel games certainly sometimes the competition at the travel level is certainly a lot higher than the high school
1: level i would you agree i would say that but um you know the better travel players, I should say, the better high school players. By and large, play travel. Right. So, uh, but to your other point, uh, which do you prefer, travel or high school? <clears throat> For me personally, there's no question; it's the high school game. Um, it may not be that you know high caliber of hockey, but um, you know the atmosphere, the, the seeing the kids play uh, with their schoolmates. Um, is unmatched. And for us, the boys getting to play for Suffern High School has always been the goal. That's the reason they've been playing travel, is to get to that point where they can play for their high school team.
0: Yes. And again, you know, I see you at the rink, you know, you're certainly a fixture there every Friday as I'm a fixture every Friday, usually I'm at a rink somewhere in section one. And one of the reasons really why I decided to do this podcast is because section one hockey has improved, has grown, you know, in skill and development. So, um, you know, again, just speaking to the fact that we do have to have um, travel players playing high school, um, but the high school game has certainly improved in and of itself as well. Um, hey, Marty, what's the furthest that you've had to travel for a hockey game uh, or for a tournament? Uh, our family has uh,
1: gone as far as Montreal, uh, Niagara Falls on the Canadian side, and the American side for tournaments, um, and Buffalo. Uh, right. That's probably the farthest.
0: Yeah, I mean, but that's a good, you know, six seven hour drive. Um, you know, certainly. I'm and I'm assuming you're driving to these things. You're not flying to this stuff, are you, Marty?
1: No, we're driving to yeah. it. Uh,
0: you know, so that also provides you with a with an opportunity as a family to bond and certainly share a lot of share a lot of time together, which is definitely a positive. Um, at least as I see it,
1: it's it's invaluable time in the car um, to to really converse with your kid you know like to not to interrogate them but just to to get to know them see what's going on in their life and um you know they the longer the trip the more uh generally more the conversation flows and uh it's it's special yeah. it's a special time
0: i can i can imagine my daughters are going to participate in nationals for their uh their dance their competitive dance teams so we're going to spend a little bit of time down uh, down the jersey shore this summer so uh we'll have some good times in the car too as a family hey what's your favorite tournament or place to visit would you say out of all the places that you talked about earlier uh
1: location wise i'd say probably buffalo um uh, as you know just having come back from there um yeah. it's it's a really uh, cool city and uh the food's great i mean if you uh If you're a foodie, it's it's a good place.
0: Yeah, I definitely could not have scripted a better weekend, as you just referenced, and as the the followers of the show know. I just came back from Buffalo, having been up to the New York State Hockey uh, Championships, and again, friendly town, lots of great places to eat. Definitely, you know, again, a hockey friendly city, a fun city. I can't wait to go back. I'm I'm looking forward to taking my family back maybe this summer to see the falls and just to experience more of the city that I didn't get a chance to see this past weekend um is there a least favorite place to visit or a least favorite tournament that you could think of
1: uh, having been there a number of times with the kids for uh, tournaments especially when they were younger uh i'm not a big fan of the new england sports center up in uh marlboro massachusetts area okay um it's just a, a massive complex i think they're up to six Maybe they're on their seventh ring. Wow! Uh, it's sort of like a tournament mill, and um, I don't know. It just although we've done well there, it's it's not a not a great place to go in my opinion.
0: I see, I see, and I can understand that. Almost sounds like more of a factory than anything else. Um, doesn't really have maybe that that feel or that flair um, as some maybe the other rinks and barns do. Um, biggest challenge, Marty, you face as a hockey parent?
1: Well, for us with two kids in. Uh, Travel hockey and also for the playing for the school. Um, Oftentimes, it comes down to the conflicts with the two kids' uh, uh, game schedules. Uh, You don't want to miss any uh, game for uh, your children, and um, oftentimes they're they're directly in conflict. So uh, you know, having to choose and and splitting the family. You know, my wife goes with one player and uh, i go with the other one so uh that's probably the, the hardest
0: part right okay um do you have any advice for any new hockey parents that you know might be listening or kids that maybe are just getting into or considering possibly doing travel in addition to playing for a school team
1: i've i've got a number of them um gave it some thought and uh it's the source of conversation with uh Uh, friends that their kids are just getting into and and we try to pass on you know whatever uh, tidbits we've picked up along the way Um, first and foremost is always make sure that your child is playing hockey because they love it and not because you love it they may have gotten into the sport because you had an interest but as they get older there's far too much time uh uh, commitment sacrifice um and financial uh considerations for them to be doing it just to make you happy they really have to be doing it for them for their own enjoyment Um, avoid conflicts with parents and fans from the other team at the rink Uh, we've seen this far too many times especially at the travel level Um, things do get heated and emotional in games and uh, you can see some ugliness in the stands um, that it's best avoided
0: yeah, no, that that definitely sounds like some sound advice. You know, I, like you said, at the elite travel level, you know, I interviewed some parents yesterday who said, you know, you get all kinds of different types, you know, when it comes to travel hockey. You have some parents that are focusing more on the developmental aspects of the game and on their child getting better. And sometimes you have parents that have the mentality of, you know, win at all cost. And uh, that's sometimes where, like, the emotion will take over or tempers flare. So I definitely think that's some good advice. I'm sorry if I cut you off. Is there anything else that you wanted to... To, Just
1: two other quick ones. Sure. Um, don't be delusional enough to think that your child's going to play Division One and, and move on to the NHL. Uh, it could happen. There have been examples, even locally, with uh, uh, local players going on to play in college. And some make it to the NHL, Santini and Pesci. and um, I'm sure leave, I'm leaving some out, but uh, those those instances are few and far between sure. just enjoy it enjoy it for what it is and enjoy it for uh to see your your kid play competitively with his friends and um and lastly enjoy every minute of it because it goes by so fast i mean when my son made varsity uh as a freshman uh, the other parents just said you know marty just treasure every minute of this because before you know it, you're going to be a senior parent and uh no, it's going to be senior night and, uh, your sons, you'll be coming up and giving flowers to your wife. And, uh, and it's true. I mean, that's next year already. It's yep. three years have gone by in a flash. So,
0: yeah, no, and I'll tell you <laughs> ne- next season is going to be nice for me and rewarding for me because the seniors on that team, like you mentioned, Patrick and Evan and the others, and then the freshmen coming up that do make the squad will all have come through or most of them will have come through my office. So it'll be nice, a nice, uh, way to kind of kick off the, uh, the the next season. Um, so now that the high school hockey season is over, um, I don't know where you're at as far as the travel piece now. Like how do you plan on spending your time when the season, because I know you actually shared with me on last week's show that it's important to take a break from hockey every now and then. So now that the high school hockey season's over, I'm not sure again where you're at with the travel, but how do you spend your time when, you know, hockey kind of takes a back seat?
1: It definitely slows down. It never goes away completely. Um, We're not big advocates of uh, the 12 month season, personally. um, The kids sometimes play some spring and and maybe a tournament or two in the summer, but more for fun. Um, So, you know, we're just getting ready for for tryout season in another month. Um, We'll be doing some college visits with my oldest son and uh watching hockey on television yeah and the ho- nhl
0: hopefully watching uh and i know this answers your next i already know the answer to this next question but i'm going to ask it anyway for the listeners uh your favorite professional hockey team
1: long suffering long suffering islander fan uh it's been a while since we we made it to the promised land so uh And this year, (laughs) it doesn't look like we're going to get there again. So I may be watching your Rangers to get my hockey fix uh, into the playoffs.
0: Hey, listen, there's nothing wrong with that. And you know what? And uh, again, I think it's great for the league when the Rangers, the Devils, the Islanders, when all the local teams are doing well. Just like it's great for Section 1 when you have teams that are competitive and have a history and have a rivalry that can play together in the playoffs or in the regular season. So, um, you know, we still have a little bit of ways to go in the regular season. I think the Islanders are kind of right on that cusp. You know, you never know what's going to happen. But uh, well, I'll cert- as a Ranger fan, I will certainly take you on um, as a fan once the playoffs hit. Although I have to be honest with you, I'm really not sure how far we're going to get either. Certainly, I think getting that first wild card spot and going into the Atlantic or going through the Atlantic is the preferred way to go, as you guys know, last year as the Islanders did. But uh, I'm not sure, you know, if we can get out of the first or second round, what we're going to be able to do after that. So the Rangers still have some things to prove to me. But, uh, and your goaltending health health is, uh, is a big part of that. Yeah, I mean, Ranta, Ranta played last night. I'm going to the game on Tuesday in New Jersey, and I expect to see uh, Magnus Hellberg in the net against the devils, but it's hockey, man. That's in, the, at the end of the day, that's all I care about. So Marty, thank you again so much for calling in on a Sunday morning. Uh, that was Marty Flatley. Uh, he has two children that play hockey. They play at the school level. They also play at the travel level. You can find him on Twitter at, uh, Martin underscore flatly. That's correct. Right, Marty.
1: It is. And I'd be remiss if I didn't offer my uh, sincere congratulations to coach Edwitz and Pelham for their New York state championship. Uh, the Suffering and Pelham programs are uh, very supportive of one another, and short of us being uh, there to win the championship, uh, we could not be more happy for the Pelham players and coaching staff, and also uh, congratulations to Marinac for making it to the final four and uh, representing the section very well.
0: That's well said, Marty. I, I do have to agree with that, and I have to, and, and I just want to mention when I interviewed both. Coach Witts and Coach Schiaparelli and his players, they were always very complimentary uh, of Sufferan's program and of the rivalry that they've established with them. When I asked them, you know, who's your biggest rival? Mimaranek, hands down, said, uh, suffering was the biggest rival and edwitz made it a point to say that he t- he always takes that suffering game early on in the season because he wants to be able to put his kids in the most challenging environment possible and that were you know suffering's a class organization so definitely uh agree with your uh, shout out and your stick taps to uh mammo and pelham so this is your boy trav it's the hudson valley hockey podcast the only independent outlet dedicated to covering high school hockey in our region that was marty Flatley, and uh, we'll be right back after this, this is Alex Herman. You're listening to the Hudson Valley Hockey Podcast, available for free download on Google Play, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Now, back to the show. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy Trav, aka Five Minute Major, uh, and I'm pleased to be joined by Janet Guerra, who is a hockey parent. And um, she's going to spend a little bit of time with me in the box here on the Hudson Valley Hockey Podcast. Good morning, Janet. Thank you again for calling in.
4: Hey, Travis. How you doing?
0: I'm doing real well. Doing real well. So how long have you been a hockey parent?
4: Jack's been playing hockey since um, about, I guess, kindergarten or first grade, so He's a junior now, so I guess it's about eleven years now.
0: Okay, so that's you. That's uh, you spent a long time. You're a veteran as a hockey parent, I would consider. Um, yeah. On average, when you look at the whole year and travel and high school, because I know Jack does both, what does a year of hockey cost? Would you say roughly?
4: You know, it's funny you asked that, Travis, because um, we were at our last tournament. A bunch of parents were sitting around, and we were actually talking about how much and we got estimates anywhere depending on how far you have to travel and how far you get with your team in terms of if you get to you know playoffs and whatnot. On a conservative estimate, it's probably six seven thousand. But depending on how far you have to travel, it can be as much as ten. Yeah,
0: I've I've spoken to a couple of other hockey parents, and I've gotten like you said. You know, on the lower end, you're looking at probably seven or eight grand. And again, if you have more than one kid playing and they're playing travel in high school, you're looking at upwards of approximately $15,000. And, you know, again, hockey is an expensive sport when you factor in, you know, uh, fees to, to, to join the different leagues or the different travel teams, ice time, equipment, hotel rooms, gas, food, travel, you know. But then on the flip side, you also have those trips to those tournaments, so you've got that invaluable family time in the car where you can really, you know, kind of make new memories and talk with your kids and, you know, celebrate everything that they've accomplished. So um in-
4: it, also, it also depends actually on how many sticks they break. Yeah. <laughs> I have seen
0: yeah, that's a grand right there. Yeah, I've, I, uh, it's a, I see it happen all the time in the pros and uh, believe it or not, when I was up in Buffalo uh, last weekend for the New York State um, Hockey Championships for the Final Four, I saw a couple of sticks break on the ice there too. And uh, yeah, so that that is, you know, that, that's an expensive cost too. Hey, in your opinion, Janet, what's the biggest difference between travel and high school hockey? Um, I would
4: have to say for me, um the biggest the biggest difference is I mean obviously with you know travel you're you're paying to be there and it, it you know it's a, it's an investment and it's great and parents are great and you're you're oftentimes spending a lot more time with these people than any people it's life. Right. But for me, high school hockey, my kid plays on the same team at the school where I went. Right. So it's you know it's an emotional thing. It's the same rivalry. It's the same you know. Listen, I'm a Red Raider, I believe red, and you know, playing on that
0: team is awesome for me. Yeah, I can listen. Going going back, you know, I'm I'm a Rockland guy originally. You know, Suffern and North Rockland have a longstanding rivalry in lots of sports. And, you know, based certainly on this year, North Rockland, you know, your, your program has certainly grown. And uh, those are some very exciting games um, that we had this year between Suffern and North Rockland. So I definitely get it. It's not easy to replicate um, the passion, the emotion, the energy, um, the rivalry, you know, everything that you get on uh, at Sportaram on a Friday or Saturday night. Um, you know, while while high school hockey, while some of the, the the travel teams and whatnot, that might be a little bit more of an elite level. Um, certainly, again, I think you need to have travel players on your hockey team, on your high school team, to have that competitive hockey. But I would agree. I've seen my fair share of travel as well, and I definitely prefer the high school game and just everything that that brings. Um, what's the that fr-
4: go ahead? No go ahead. Travel, yeah, go ahead. My kids been playing on the same travel team for a lot of years, and you know that's. Best- that's, that's a great experience too and it and it's you know, they've become family to us. But like you said, there's there's nothing like that, you know, deep seated rivalry and, and the whole emotional thing that goes along with that. So that's that's really my preference, but my son would probably kill me for saying that. I mean, you know, he loves the high school hockey too, but right. you know, his His travel teammates are are family members
0: too. Right, but Jack also questioned why I even wanted to have you on, if memory serves me correctly. So,
4: oh my God, he's like, Mom, why is Travis having you? You don't even know anything. (laughs) doesn't even know anything about hockey, and honestly, I probably don't know half of what a lot of other hockey parents know. But, you know, my heart is
0: there. Right. Absolutely. You're a fixture at the games. I see you all the time. We always have great conversations. And I wanted to dedicate an episode to being a hockey parent. So here we are. Um, What's the furthest, Janet, you've had to travel for a hockey tournament?
4: Um, Actually, I think we've been pretty lucky considering the experience that I know other parents. I mean, I know know a couple of years ago, parents in our area had to go to Alaska for a tournament. So... Pretty lucky, yeah. I think. Um, honestly, I think Buffalo is the furthest that we we've never really had to go. Yeah. So well, that's, kind of, you know, and it's listen, that's no
0: small trip. Right. Of course, it's like you know, six and a half, seven hours by car. When I went last week, and I actually flew, it was like a fifty-minute flight, which was awesome. But uh, I know a number, I, of, a number of the fans and families and and the players came up by bus, of course. So anyway, I, cut- I
4: flew up. And I drove back. And I've got to tell you, I really enjoyed the flight much better. Yeah. But the funniest thing, and I'm sure you experienced the same thing, was watching those flight attendants hand out those snacks. Because by the time you were up, you were down. They were like pulling bags of t- attention. <laughs> yes. It was like- well,
0: the, on the flight back, to be honest with you, we were delayed on the runway for about a half hour or so. Um, we got a little bit more face time with the flight crew, but yeah, it seems like your wheels up and then your wheels down and you know, they're like pouring you your soda, handing you your little snack and then they're collecting it as, uh, they're getting ready to land. So it is a quick flight. Um, I think this summer I'm going to take my family back and see and show them more of what, uh, Buffalo and what Canada have to offer. So we're definitely going to take that drive. Um, do you have a favorite tournament or place to visit?
4: I'm going to have to say it's Buffalo, because, um, I mean, first of all, to win the New York State Championship two years in a row, that in itself makes it our favorite place, because it it represents great memories and great hockey, because we had an extraordinary tournament this year, but, um, you know, Buffalo is a really cool town, I mean, they've they got I, we talked about this before, how many great places to eat. We didn't have time to eat at I, I said we're gonna roll back, hopefully hopefully with a trophy, but we're gonna roll back because we couldn't fit in all the great restaurants and all the great cuisine. It's yeah. a so definitely town. Yeah. But um and you know, of course there's a lot of fun sightseeing stuff. Um you know, there's Niagara Falls which is you know, which is right there. Of course my son refuses to do any of the sightseeing stuff because he says he's there to play hockey, not play but you know, I went up, I spent like 15 minutes or so looking at the falls and it's beautiful. But yeah. So I'd say that definitely Buffalo is my favorite, nice. is my favorite tournament.
0: Nice. Um, what's the biggest challenge, Janet, you face as a hockey parent, especially as a parent of a, of a, a child who plays for his high school as well as for travel?
4: Um, I, I would have to say that right, certainly now with Jack driving, the biggest challenge I face is worrying about him driving you know, to and from um, practices and stuff. Obviously, I go to the game, so we go together usually, but, you know, there's really, there's no, ch- I mean, time challenges, yes, because, you know, I do have another child, and it, it's hard to be at every single thing for Jack and, you know, still give time to my other kid, but... I'd say, like right now, especially this year, you know, with Jack driving, it, it's hard to let go a little bit and let them go on their own and, and worry about them driving back and forth. Like Jack drives back and forth to Bear Mountain, right, for practice for and That you know, those can be those roads can be you know icy and whatnot. So I would say that really this year, particularly, is my biggest challenge.
0: Okay, yeah, and you know what, my my oldest just turned thirteen, so I have a few years. Before I have to start thinking about and being concerned about her driving, but that is a legit, a legitimate concern. I appreciate you sharing that. Um, as we get ready to wrap up, what advice can you give any new hockey parents out there? Maybe there's someone listening whose child is only playing, you know, for their school team. They haven't really looked at doing travel, or these there's there's parents out there whose kids are just getting on the ice. Do you have any advice for any new hockey parents out there?
4: Um, I'm the first. I have two pieces of advice. First, never buy skates at the end of the season, <laughs> even though they're on sale, because they're not going to fit in September. Okay. And the second piece of advice I have is to just enjoy every
0: second. Yeah, enjoy every second because before you know it, it'll be Senior Night. Your child will be giving you Jack will be bringing you some flowers, and uh, you'll wonder where all the, or, where all the time went. Coming up yeah i know it's gonna be it's gonna the um the seniors that are on north rockland's team that i've gotten to know over the last few years and the seniors on suffering's team that i've gotten to know um it's gonna be uh it's gonna be a fun year but it's also gonna be a, an emotional year for sure hey um now that the high school hockey season is over and you know jack's team won states um how do you plan on spending your time? Do we take a break from hockey? Do things slow down?
4: Um, well, you know, lacrosse te- lacrosse season is in full swing, so okay. he's already you know the day after we got back from state, we started you know lacrosse practice. But um, in terms of me and my time, I don't know what to do with myself. This is two weeks without hockey. I'm walking around the house like, So oh, should I work? Should I go do something for myself? Because usually uh, I'm at the rink during the weekends, you know.
0: Yeah, but yeah.
4: Um, it's I'm... nice to have a little break, but I I sure miss it. And I got to te- when September rolls around, it's it's I I smell that hockey smell again, and it's like we're home.
0: Yeah, I, I same thing. I started my show in January. I didn't start it when the high school season started. But, uh, you know, I had a great time in, in Buffalo last week, and I couldn't have scripted a better weekend for myself. And now that the season's kind of come to an end, you know, I miss it. I miss it already. So I can only imagine as a parent, um, you know, how that must feel. Um, last question for you. And, again, thank you for giving me some time on a Sunday morning. Uh, favorite professional hockey team, if you have one?
4: Um, <clears throat> I say all the time that I'd rather watch my kids play than any professional sports team, but if I, if I had to say, I hate to tell you, because I see you wearing that racist ones all the time, but my son is a Penguins fan, so I would have to say Penguins would be my favorite
0: team. Hey, listen, I always say, root for who you like, you know, you like who you like, so, Look, the Penguins are, they're, they're a great team. They're, they're one of the elite teams in, in the NHL for sure. So, all right, so you heard it there, folks. Janet likes the Pittsburgh Penguins when she's not watching Jack play. But so, I have to tell
4: you, this is the, have you ever seen a Bruins game in Boston?
0: Yes, as a matter of fact, I went um, Martin Luther King weekend probably six or seven years ago I went up. Uh, with my brother in law, who's from Massachusetts, and uh, we saw a Ranger Bruin game in Boston. Oh my! Uh, yeah, we it it was original six. Um, we went with some people who are really big in the Boston City Fire Department, so we got oh. we got to go to some of the the old the old. Bars and we got great seats, and we were treated really to you know kind of some of the behind the scenes stuff that the average fan doesn't get to get to experience. But yeah, um, I've I've and, and actually a couple of years ago, this was not in Boston, Janet, but I did go to a a game on St. Patrick's Day between the Bruins and the Rangers, and that was also a very memorable uh evening for a number of well, reasons. That
4: had to be because that's some authentic stuff right there, that's amazing. But I gotta tell you, I've never that that takes like fan to a new level when you when you see a Bruins game in Boston.
0: <laughs> and, actu- and actually, you, I, I would, ag- I will agree. Um, and actually, as a as a a Penguins fan, I did go out to Pittsburgh. Back in 95, made that drive out and uh, got to see the Rangers lose to the Penguins. And I got to meet Yarmir Yager, Peter Nedved, and a few other players after the game. So that was neat, too. Um, so again, I, I'm a hockey, I'm a Ranger fan, as you know, but I am a fan of the sport. And, uh, you know, again, there's no denying that the Penguins are an elite team. So um, that was, uh, that's Janet Guerra, uh, hockey parent. And um, you're listening to the Hudson Valley Hockey Podcast. This is your boy, Trav, a.k.a. 5-Minute Major. The Hudson Valley Hockey Podcast is the only independent outlet dedicated to covering high school hockey in our region. So, Janet, thank you again, and I'll see you at the rink, all right?
4: you at the rink, Trav. Thank you.
0: All right. Take care. As our 12th episode comes to an end, it's now time for Stick Taps, where we honor, recognize, and acknowledge individual players, coaches, teams, or hockey-related events and charities. Stick Taps go out to the Ridgefield Varsity Hockey Team, who are the 2017 CIAC Connecticut D1 State Champions. Stick Taps go out to the Guilford Varsity Hockey Team, who are the 2017 CIAC Connecticut D2 State Champions. Stick Taps go out to the Woodstock Academy Varsity Hockey Team, who are the 2017 CIAC Connecticut D3 State Champions. Stick Taps go out to the Westchester Warriors Youth Hockey Team, which is a local spring youth hockey team in Westchester County. The team raises money for various charities and organizations. They have already raised close to $18,000 for the Maria Ferrari Children's Hospital at Westchester Medical Center. Stick taps go out to the Blackhawks Youth Hockey Program, who is holding a New York Rangers assist benefit game at Rye Playland on Saturday, March 25th, with puck drop set for 5 p.m. New York Rangers alumni Ron Greshner, Adam Graves, Brian Mullen, Glenn Anderson, Colt Nor and others will be on hand to play alongside Blackhawks Youth Hockey Program coaches, parents, and volunteers. The Blackhawks Youth Hockey Program has been around since 1996 and serves players and families from all over the Tri-State area. And you can find out more information at www.benefitgames.com. I recently attended a benefit game myself and had a great time. Stick Taps go out to the 2017 New York State Champion, Westchester Vipers, who will hold a skateathon for Nationals on Thursday, March 30th, from 7.30 p.m. until 9.30 p.m. at the Westchester Skating Academy. This fundraiser is being held to help offset National Tournament expenses. The boys will complete 50 laps, or one lap, for each state, and the event will conclude with the unveiling of the New York State Championship Banner. Tickets are only $10 and all those in attendance are invited to skate along with the team. There will be a bake sale, chuck a puck, and a raffle during the event and a GoFundMe account has also been created. Lastly, there's a high school hockey player from the tri-state area who really needs our help. His name is Charlie Capalbo and he is a goalie for the Fairfield High School varsity hockey team. Charlie was recently diagnosed with with an inoperable form of cancer which was discovered near his heart and lungs. There is a GoFundMe account set up to accept donations to help support Charlie and his family in their time of need. You can also check out the team's Twitter account, at FFHSHockey, for more information. And if you know of a player, coach, team, or hockey-related event or charity and would like them to receive stick taps in the future please tweet me at TravJack71 using the hashtag HVPucks. That's it for the 12th episode of the Hudson Valley Hockey Podcast, the premier destination for all things high school hockey related in our region. Before I sign off, I want to thank my beautiful wife Marisol and my two daughters Juliana and Kayla for their never-ending support, love, patience, and understanding as I look to bring you the best show possible each and every week. And if you like the music you've heard throughout the show, check out the EP Broken Walls by Fracture, which is available on iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. You can also find them on Twitter at Fracture underscore On Instagram at Fracture Official, Fracture Band Official on Facebook, and www.FractureOfficial.com on the web. While the Hudson Valley Hockey Podcast is set to go on hiatus towards the beginning of April, I'm still planning on talking about the New York Rangers and the NHL. So keep those comments and tweets coming because I will definitely put them on the air. I'm also always interested in hearing from you about ways to improve the show. So again, keep those comments and feedback coming. Lastly, as I've been announcing for the past few weeks, I'm working with a sponsor who's going to bring cutting-edge research and technology with respect to athletic safety right here to the Hudson Valley. We really want to start focusing on the disconnect between science and safety in sports while also addressing athlete health, protection, safety, and and nutrition while taking a look at what happens behind the scenes. I'm going to have my sponsor on the show next week during episode 13, and we're adding new segments entitled From the Trainer's Room and This Week's Money Player to the Hudson Valley Hockey Podcast beginning next season. My sponsor and I are also interested in creating a Best Teammate Award, which would be given out at a team's end-of-the-year dinner at a local restaurant next season as well. This is your boy Trav, aka 5-Minute Major, and I'll see you at the rink.